0: Hey guys, welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. It is January 1st, 2016. I am in the office this morning getting some things knocked out, including this recording that I wanted to get out to you guys, and I was really excited to bring this to you. Got here this morning around 4.30, um, and I thought no better way to kick off the new year than to make a recording of how to structure your morning. And if you're listening to this and your first thought is, hey, I've already heard a lot of these... Recordings about the morning and maybe how Jared structures the morning or the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, which was kind of the inspiration, again, for this, don't turn off the recording. This is going to be new information. This is going to be stuff that maybe you've heard some version of it before. But what I did was I went back through, over the last couple of days, I went back through the Miracle Morning, and I made actually new bookmarks than what I had before about things that I thought might be really helpful. So some of it may sound similar, but it's not going to be the same As what you've heard before, so just bear with me here. um, If you're thinking, "Hey, I've already heard a lot of this," and I'm just going to turn it off. So, I've told you guys before. You've heard in my recordings that I'm a firm believer. Firm believer, man. I am drinking the morning Kool-Aid, and I've really been doing this since January of this year. Was studying for hours upon hours for a, a CFP designation, and really forced me to get up early. And in that forcing also brought quite a bit of stress and quite a bit of anxiety. It's one thing if you're getting up to do a miracle morning, uh, you know, what the structure you've heard me talk about before, you'll hear me talk about here if this is your first recording to listen to. That's pretty empowering and pretty relaxing and stress you know, relieving. But when you're getting up every morning to finish exams for a class, uh, the, the ones that we went through, or you're getting up to catch up on reading that you know you're behind on, or whatever it is, there's, you know, there's a thought that you're getting up because you have to get up that early, right? And so that's another reason you want to build this Miracle Morning in for, um, you know, really for all the benefits that it has, is so that you are allowing yourself to get up early before work or anything stressful really has to start. You don't want to get up super early and then just get slammed with negative activity or busy busyness busy activity and that's what a lot of you are doing out there that's what I did for so long I remember my first job I was just telling somebody this past week my first job I would roll up about 9 a.m. wiping my eyes you know like man better make sure I got all the sleep out of my eyes this morning before I walk into the office and I even remember commenting like man maybe I should have gotten here a little earlier I hope nobody you know ask any questions or looks at me funny when I walk in at nine o'clock but it was just a little more of a lax environment there I'd go in get my coffee maybe need to go talk to somebody about a question I had the day before see if they were in their office have a conversation for a few minutes walk around get to my desk log in start kind of rolling through a few emails and before I knew it it was 10 before I felt like hey I'm here I'm settled in I've got my emails knocked out let's start working and then before I knew it it was you know eleven thirty, and I was like man I wonder if anybody's going to lunch today and they go around and ask and it was just a joke And I didn't realize it. I didn't know what I didn't know. And so the high-paced performance business that I'm in now, uh, even though it's busier, busier activity, actually empowers me to do things like getting up really early. And uh, I'll show you also today that after you do this for 30 days, you know, different, different scientists will tell you that habits are locked in at different periods of time. You've probably heard that. Like, hey, it takes X amount of days to set a habit. Then you hear somebody else say, no, it actually takes X amount of days to set a habit. What actually is going on there is those, those people are probably right on some level, but it all depends on the difficulty of the habit. So think about this. If you're just getting up early each morning, that's really not super difficult when you think about all the things we could be doing in life to try to set habits around. So about 30 days is all Hal Elrod, the author of The Miracle Morning, says that it's going to take for you to lock this in. And I'll share that with you in just a second. But I think it's, I think it's important to go through the expected benefits, of the miracle morning so imagine where you are now imagine how you get up and start your day every day now and then imagine these expected benefits I'm about to list as being your normal every single day okay so think of this waking up with more energy waking up feeling excited and equipping yourself with the powerful tools I guess you could say to maximize your potential just right out of the gate lowering your stress level immediately or at least keeping it at bay for a longer period of time before you have to go dive into your workday day overcoming challenges, adversity, limiting beliefs that hold you back, improving your health, increasing your productivity, maintaining focus on top priorities, increasing your gratitude, uncovering goals and purpose, and then just really start starting to live in alignment with your vision for an extraordinary life. We know that life has to be designed, it can't just be by default. And so starting to starting to live in alignment with your vision for an extraordinary life Those are the benefits or just some of the benefits Hal Elrod says that this miracle morning will bring you. So check in on that a second. If you're not doing those things, if you're not uh, waking up with all of those uh, benefits that I just mentioned, then really you are holding yourself back in extreme ways from the potential that you could have. He also mentions a quote uh, from the Social Security Administration here. This is actually coming from the Social Security Administration. I was pretty surprised. But he said, if you take people a certain number of people at the start of their career, and you follow them for 40 years until retirement. This was the average stat of that grouping of people. One would be wealthy. Four would be financially secure. Only four. Five would continue working because they have to, not because they want to. 36, on average, would be dead. And 54 would basically be broke and depending on family and friends and the government to take care of them. That means only 5% of the people out there on average are expected to have success and freedom. So I think the question we've got to ask is this. What can we be doing now, guys, to make sure that we're not struggling like 95% of the people out there will? And so he goes into this long you really, really, manifesto of just how the morning is going to make all the difference of your reaching your potential in life, your success in life. And he starts off by saying that how you feel in the morning depends on how you feel the night before. So if you tell yourself, because we know words are powerful. I learned that more this year than I I ever have. Uh, But if you tell yourself, hey, I'm only getting six hours of sleep tonight. You know, you're you're getting ready to go to bed. You set the alarm. You go, man, I'm only getting six hours of sleep tonight. I bet I'm going to be exhausted tomorrow. And that's the last thing that you think about before you lay down. Well, what do you think the first thing most people are going to say whenever they wake up and they realize their alarm's going off? Some version of, oh, man, it's morning already, I didn't get much sleep, I'm exhausted, right? You're going to say the same thing, or your brain's going to think the same thing, typically, of what the last thing was that you heard or told yourself going to bed. And so if you tell yourself, if you switch that and you tell yourself, hey, I'm only getting six hours of sleep tomorrow, but I'm determined to be energized in the morning when I wake up, my body is capable of handling incredible things, even from just five or six hours of sleep, I'm looking forward to taking on the day tomorrow, and I'm going to wake up as fast as I can, and get energized quickly so that I don't feel the slump of laziness or complacency or just negativity. And he goes into this you know, description of how amazing that is when you talk to yourself that way. When you go to bed with one thought and you wake up with that same thought, whether that thought is negative or positive is going to be all the different or make all the difference to the starting of your day. So think about a time when you were excited to wake up, whether it was recently or when you were a child. You know, think about Christmas mornings, uh, going on vacation, you know. Think about how you felt. Were you complaining about being tired? No, you probably never even thought of that. And even if you did, I know for myself personally, if I go to bed and I'm setting the alarm, and I know that the flight takes off really early. When we lived down in Houston, the the airport was very far away from where we lived. It's just kind of in a weird place in Houston, just far away from everything. So you'd have about a 40 minute drive, 45 minute drive to get there. And I was just thinking, man, we're going to have to wake up for a, you know, for a 7 a.m. flight, especially an international flight, and you have to get there two hours early. I mean, we're waking up 2.30, 3 in the morning, something like that. And even though I would tell myself back then, like, man, we're going to be, we're probably not going to feel very good when we wake up, we're going to be tired. Even though I would tell myself that, I would wake up very excited. And if I did even think for a second about how tired I was, that feeling quickly left by the excitement of what was coming my way. So what you've got to do is you've got to build your miracle morning to where, you know, I'm not going to say that you're going to build it to the same excitement of going on uh, vacation or anything like that, but I do get very excited now, guys. I got excited last night. You know, I I normally stay up on New Year's. I watch the ball drop, all those sort of things. We're actually leaving town today to go be with family. And so I use that as an opportunity not to just sleep in, but to get in here early. Got here about 4 a.m. this morning, 4.30, something like that. And I've just been knocking out some things and uh, then getting ready for this recording. And so, you know, what better way to start my year on 2016 than to get in the office early, get up early and make this happen. So you've got to build your morning so that it is a compelling enough excitement for you that you don't even think about uh, uh, rest. Or if you do think about it, it is overpowered by the benefits you know you're going to have by getting up, getting on out of bed early and not snoozing and, uh, you know, that can happen. I was a firm believer that I was not really a morning person uh, several years ago. And, you know, now my alarm clock typically on average over the last probably two months has gone off about 3, 3.30 every morning. That does require some intentional effort of getting to bed each night, which I've struggled with my whole life. But I realize those are just excuses. So if you, if you hit the snooze button like I did for 14 years, For 14 years, many of you know, I hit the snooze button, didn't even realize I was doing it most of the time, and actually enabled my bad habit to stay with me by setting my alarm an hour before I knew I needed to get up because I knew that I was going to hit the snooze button. So not only was I saying, man, I snooze too much, I probably shouldn't do that, I was enabling that bad habit by building in an extra hour into uh, into my sleep schedule, basically, to hit snooze for an hour. It's crazy. But hitting the, hitting the snooze button really makes no sense because what you're actually saying is, hey, I hate waking up so early. I, I hate waking up early so much every morning that I'm just going to do it again and again and again. So if you've heard my recording on um, you know sleep and the miracle morning, you know that uh, this year I started putting the phone in another room. My wife nudges me. I wake up, I go in there, and I am up. So try that if, you, uh, if you're having trouble getting up and you're hitting the snooze button. So in his book, The Miracle Morning, how Elrod gives five snooze-proof steps. So one thing that I failed to mention, I can't believe I forgot to do this because I was going to make sure I made a big point about it. There's certain certain ones of these recordings that I tell you to make sure that you're not just, you know, haphazardly listening to them. Some of them, they're fine if you're just listening to concepts or ideas. But on this recording, starting right now, you will probably want to take out a sheet of paper and some notes. There's just a lot of uh, bullet point numbers that I'm about to go over with several things here just to tell you how to structure your morning. So I'll give you a second to do that, or if you can pause the recording, go ahead and do that. And uh, you'll you'll definitely want to take notes. You're not going to get a lot probably out of just listening to me rattle these off. Or if you're at a point right now where you can't take notes, go ahead and listen to this, but then come back and listen to it again where you can actually take notes. So let's dive in here the, to what he calls the five snooze-proof steps of starting off your miracle morning. Number one, set intentions before bed. So again, if your first thought in the morning is usually some version of your last thought uh, before you went to bed, we want to put positive thoughts in our mind before we go to bed. So set your intentions for the night before. Talk about how excited you're going to be. Talk about how you're going to wake up with energy. Talk about how you're going to, you've got so many important things to get knocked out that are going to empower you that you need to get on out of bed. That's going to help a lot. Number two, move your alarm clock across the room. So for you guys, as I just mentioned, I did that this year, even uh, before I had read this book. And so that uh, is helpful. It's just uh, more proof to me that what I'm doing is the right thing. But it forces you to get out of bed. You wake up faster. You're more alert than just laying there and snoozing. Number three, he says, brush your teeth, splash water on your face. Okay, so guys, there's a reason that I make these recordings private, because there might be some things about our business. There might be some things that I say uh, in here, and this is going to be one of them. So if you don't know me and someone sent you the link and you're listening to this for the first time, hopefully you don't think I'm a total weirdo. But uh, you guys have heard in one of my other recordings that one of my colleagues named Eddie, a quote that he mentioned in the past that stuck with me is he said, if I can just make it to the sink, if I can just get to the sink and get water on my face, I'm going to be a lot more alert and awake, and then I'll be ready to go for the day. I found that that doesn't quite help me as much. I can rub water all over my face and all in my eyes and all of that, and it wakes me up a little bit, but I'm still really groggy. So (laughs) here's something you guys are going to learn about me. I don't know if I've ever told this to any of you. What i found, though, is if you... I, I normally used to brush my teeth, like, last in the process uh, or before I went to put my clothes on or whatever. So I would, you know, get up, wash my face, shave, peel my hair, whatever, and then I would brush my teeth before I went to put my clothes on. And what I found was... It, and I actually found this out on a vacation that my wife and I were on. I got up really early one time and just brushed my teeth real quickly to go to a meeting. I was throwing on a cap or whatever. But I brushed my teeth real quickly uh, first, very first thing I did when I got up. And I believe in a clean tongue man i don't want to have bad breath um i don't you know that that's one of the biggest ways to kill a deal right in business or relationships is the bad breath so i'm pretty you know pretty staunch on uh brushing my tongue and i get way back there with it i've heard before that's the only way you can get a nice fresh breath you can brush your teeth all you want but if you don't get that tongue clean you're going to be Uh, You're going to be walking around, you know with loud mouth all the time breath So what I do is I gag myself uh, With my toothbrush just just getting way back there and cleaning it and what I found was (laughs) I can't believe i'm telling you guys this maybe it'll help you though. That's what this is for, right? What I found was is if I gag myself as i'm brushing my teeth Which is just a natural reaction because how far back i'm getting is it actually forces my face to strain, right? Because I gag pretty hard in fact I think i'm going to wake up my kids sometimes when i'm in there Um, But I do that once wash out my mouth, and then I go back for more, and I do it one more time. And I found that the watering of the eyes, the gagging of the mouth, the uh, pressure that it puts in my face whenever I gag, it is almost like flipping a light switch. I am on instantly. And I just discovered that one time, and I thought, hey, I'm going to brush my teeth first every single time now. So that's what I do now. That's my ritual. I wake up, And the first thing I do after grabbing my phone and my Bluetooth earpiece to listen to something for the the morning as I'm getting ready is I'll gag myself a couple of times brushing my teeth, and it's like, man, I'm on now. Let's go. Weird concept, right? But you got to do whatever it takes. you got to do whatever it takes to get up. Number four, he says drink a full glass of water. So 2% of dehydration starts to cause fatigue. I also read somewhere this week that if you take half to one tablespoon of salt and mix it up with your water, Uh, It forces the body's digestion to do something a little bit differently. It's actually healthy. It's not bad to do that, but it forces your digestion to work a little bit differently. uh, Processing the first thing going into your body is uh, salt water, basically, and uh, it gets your energy levels up really quickly. Number five, get dressed or jump in the shower. So Hal Elrod in the book says he likes to put on his exercise clothes immediately because he knows he's going to try to hit a workout that morning. That's what I do now as well. I show up at the office. I carry my suit. I've got my shorts my flip-flops on a lot of times uh, a fleece on if it's cold outside but I'm either gonna work out when I get here or work out after I've knocked out a few things Uh, if you don't plan on working out or whatever as part of your routine then just just go to the shower just to get you awake the downside there is you can stay in the shower because it feels so good right first thing in the morning you can spend a lot of time that you could have gotten on into the office just sitting there just basically with your eyes closed in the shower I found that I used to do that a lot whenever I would take a shower first thing waking up so just be mindful of that and then one other option, he said, is you can get a light timer for turning your lights on. Pretty cheap and inexpensive, easy to um, connect to your lights. But basically at a certain time each morning, uh, your lights will come on. So if you're married, good luck to you on that. But for you single guys, have your lights come on. It'll be easier for you to get out of bed. So let's talk about this concept, he says, in the book of Life S-A-V-E-R-S. S A V E R. S. And so SAVERS is an acronym for you know, silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing or journaling, writing things down. So let's talk through those individually. Silence, you're going to be looking there at uh, whatever, uh, you know, whatever you're going to be doing for that day, whether you have enough time uh, or not. That's going to depend on how much time you sit in silence more than likely. But you've got prayer, some form of deep breathing, reflection, gratitude, meditation, meditation. Just getting your mind right for this miracle morning, as he calls it, that you're about to dive into. So for silence, he says, you know, don't don't do this in bed. Don't stay in bed. You've got to leave the bedroom, or you're going to end up falling back asleep. So what he does is he puts his journal, and he puts his um, you know coffee maker set to automatic. He does all these things that won't cut into his morning quiet, his morning uh, miracle morning time. But he says, look, I've got to go to my couch. I don't sit there and do it in the bed. I've got to get to the couch or I'm going to sit there and fall back asleep if I just stay on my bed. But what this silence part going to do is it's going to help you relax the mind and body, help you prepare for deep thought and planning throughout the day. And uh, you guys know if you've heard some of my other talks that uh, for one hour this year, uh, one hour per week this year, 2016, I'm committed to spending an hour in silence once a week. So hold me accountable to that. Hopefully I won't struggle through that. It's easy to, to miss or feel like you don't have time to do that. But I want to spend one hour every week in silence. No music, you know, inspirational or praise music or anything like that. Um, No affirmations, talking to myself, no jotting down anything, just sitting there in silence. And maybe I'll write down a few things, you know, if it comes to me. But I just really want to just be in the moment and just get deep thought going. Because we jump from task to task all the time, and we never spend time to just sit there and think deeply. So I want that to help you deep focus your mind. Uh, It's also going to improve your health your blood pressure, your stress levels, your brain activation, and really just build an amazingly focused brain that you can then take into these other aspects that we're going to go into. So the second part is affirmations. I'm still learning how to talk to myself. I'm still learning that positive self-talk is not hocus-pocus, mumbo-jumbo, as you've heard me say before. Uh, It is real. I can't say that I'm Fully one thousand percent on board with it. Yet it kind of feels a little strange to sit there and talk to myself. But the truth I've realized, guys, is we talk to ourselves all the time. Zig Ziglar pointed that out to me very clearly in a few of his talks. That you know, you think it's silly to talk to yourself. Well, guess what? You are talking to yourself all the time. The difference is when you are when you are not realizing you are talking to yourself. You know, one hundred percent of the time, typically, that's negative. You are talking to yourself more than likely in mostly negative thoughts. When you spend time really structuring your affirmations that's going to be time where you are actually um, building in positive self-talk in there. So you've got to ask yourself, what do I really want? Why do I want it? And and really find out, do you have an extraordinarily compelling why? And are you being crystal clear on your deepest why? And who are you? Cre- whom are you committed to being to create it? We can't just talk about what we want to be. We've got to figure out who we're going to be to create that goal. And it's got to be clear. And we need to take that all the way to the next level or basically it's just going to be a good thought, right? What are we committed to doing to attain it? Uh, Hal Elrod uh, suggests starting small and taking manageable steps so you don't expect uh, set expectations too high. Start with a doable goal and deciding when you're going to attain it. We've got to have measurable steps in there. Um, your affirmations must engage your emotions and you can't just sit there and read or repeat things to yourself that you've written down. So if you're not engaging your emotions that means it's just going to be words that you're speaking but you might also be thinking about that email that you need to send at 7 a.m. You might also be thinking about the conversation you had with a colleague yesterday or a client. If you're just sitting there saying those things and they're not engaging the emotions you're you're not going to get a lot out of it. You must engage emotions and then you also have to be consistent with your daily affirmations. It's not something you can just do a couple of times a week. You've got to repeat those affirmations daily uh, in the self-talk that you're doing. Sex, uh, next step is visualization. You've got to see things as you would have them be, not as they are. So instead of saying, I, I will do this, you have to say, I have done this. There's, there's a lot of positive uh, thought in that as far as just visualizing your future. And, again, this is something that I'm not great at, just being transparent. It seems a little bit silly. Uh, It seems a little bit kind of made up. But, guys, it's real. The, The truth is the truth. And your brain is designed to, especially as guys, your brain is designed to visualize things. And if you do that long enough, you're going to hardwire things in. But you've got to see things as you would have them be, not as they are. Second step is use your imagination to create images of what you would want to achieve or attain you won't do the actions if it takes to get there if you haven't seen it play out clearly in your head. Okay, so negatives are going to derail you because you haven't seen the image clearly enough to stick with it, and you've got to visualize this and see it play out clearly in your head, and that's kind of where I struggle a little bit, just getting uh, off focus on that. The third big idea here is it allows you to design your future by not looking back at your past. So he says you must visualize in your life if you want to forget about the past, and most people out there think about the past instead of the future, and they end up staying in the funk that they're in. So this is you strategically designing. Hopefully you're hearing that theme here, is that everything you're doing, most of it you're already doing anyway. The positive affirmations, you're already talking to yourself about stuff. Unfortunately, most of it's negative. The visualization, you're already visualizing things in your mind. Unfortunately, most of it's negative, and people focus on visualizing their past and what they haven't done. Uh, versus where they want to go, as as they would have them be, not where they are right now. So guys, if it feels a little bit silly, if it feels a little bit like, man, I don't know if I should do all that, or if I need to do all that, just think about it this way: you're already doing those things, and that was a big, uh, a big aha moment for me. I'm already doing those things. I'm just doing them in a way where I'm self sabotaging. I'm doing in, I'm doing them most of the time in negative, haphazard ways that really affect me, and I just never knew what I just didn't know what I didn't know, right? Uh, the fourth big idea here is uh, he says ways to success- successfully visualize number one is you have to get ready. You have to tell yourself okay let 's go into this focused time here in the morning of uh, visualizing what it is I really want if you don 't strategically set time apart for this you 're not going to remember to just do it on your own it 's too easy to miss um, he even He even mentions at one point where he would play music, you know he would listen to some inspiring music to get his brain you know, fired up and ready to go about this visualization plan he was about to see. Second step on how to visualize successfully is visualize what you really want. So that seems very simple, but some people are intimidated to really sit down and visualize what they really want. Why? Because they're afraid they may not hit it, and maybe they think that's a waste of time, or maybe they think they could do something else that's more productive in case they don't hit that goal. Chances of you not hitting it by not doing this are much, much higher than if you actually sat down and were a little bit intimidated to do it. But you've got to feel, see, touch, imagine your vision. You can't just think about it. That's not going to be enough. You have to absorb yourself in it. And then the third big idea of how to visualize successfully is to visualize who you need to be and what you need to do. So we think about, okay, we're going to get ready to visualize this image. We're going to visualize what we really want, our big, compelling why. And then we've got to think about who we need to be and what we need to do to get there. So just thinking about it won't be enough. We've got to put action steps to it. And he, he suggests starting small. Start with just five minutes. Five minutes. Sit down. Get ready. Visualize what you want for the day or for the year or whatever time frame you're looking at. And then visualize who you need to become and what actions you need to do to get there. And that's going to help you stay focused and not lose heart of, uh, of being unfocused and getting off track. And, um, you know, he, he talks about vision boards. You know, a lot of people create vision boards. And he goes, hey, vision boards are okay. But for the majority of people out there, you need an action board, so to speak. So he's kind of making a joke there just saying that, hey, a vision board, you can just sit around and look at a vision board all day long. That doesn't mean those dreams or ideas are going to come to fruition if there's no action backing it up. So vision boards are for dreaming. Action boards are for achieving. How am I going to act on what it is that I want and actually get there? So, again, if you're just looking at pictures on a big you know, poster board. I've seen guys in my business do that, put a, put a big poster board in their office with all these pictures of things they want to become and things they want to do. And, uh, that's great. I'm sure that inspires you on some level. But if nothing's ever happening with that, you're gonna lose heart pretty quickly. So create an action board. What action steps am I gonna take to make sure this happens and comes to life? So the E in the next step is exercise. This should be a staple in your daily ritual, even if you miss some of the other things or don't have time for the other savers in this acronym. Uh, If you work out in the evening, like I used to do for so many years, you're really missing the benefits of getting your brain chemicals and heart rate up at the time of day where you're most creative and productive. So he goes into this part of the book, saying that even 10 to 20 minutes of jumping jacks, pedaling moderately fast on a bike in the gym, even just simple stuff like that, is going to give you a generous uh, level of benefits, of brain power and health benefits that that just get your day going, get your heart rate up a little bit, get you going in the right direction. And this really does have, really does need to happen in the morning because that's going to help you get it in before the day really wears you out and before you have more excuses. Not to exercise. I've said for years, especially with heavy weightlifting, like, man, I just can't do that in the mornings. I just can't do that in the mornings. And I saw other guys that were role models of mine that had kids and family and all of that before I did. And I just thought, man, how do they get up so early in the morning? And they would say, man, I've got to. Like, if I don't do it early in the morning, number one, uh, something else is going to get in in my way during the day. But number two, I've got responsibilities at home. I've got a family. I've got um, just other things going on that I can't just go to the gym, you know, in the evening like I did whenever I was single. And, uh, you know, really you don't want to a lot of times. After a really tough day, it's very easy to be tempted just to go home and veg out. Get it done in the mornings. I'm telling you just as proof for me, someone who said their their whole, you know, workout life that, you know, they couldn't do it in the morning, I'm a firm believer now. Show up every day in shorts, get ready to work out, you'll be just fine. Just build in that habit. So the next one is going to be reading. Like you guys have heard me say before, I wake up, grab my Bluetooth, I'm listening to a podcast or audiobook as I'm getting ready and as I'm driving in, uh, get to the office and have a quiet time after that. Maybe I'm cycling through one to three books. Right now it's the Bible. It's uh, Pierced by the Word by John Piper, and then it is A Year in the Psalms. That's not the name of the book. I'm blanking on it now, but a brand new book by Tim Keller that he just came out with where he's spending a year of daily devotionals in the Psalms. And uh, go check those out uh, if you want to. Those are great, great books. But maybe have one to three books that you're kind of cycling through there in your morning time. So I'll just read little uh, snippets of each one. But that's my quiet time. I'm not going to go too far into the reading here because I've talked about that on other recordings. The uh, S is for scribing. And he even kind of jokingly admitted in the book that, like, hey, there wasn't really another word to spell out savers that made much sense, and so he put scribing in there, but he really calls it journaling all the way through the book, but what's journaling going to help you do? I, I thought that journaling was like for girls for a while, writing in diaries. I remember even one time when I first started trying to force myself to journal, I, I let it come out of my mouth at my in-law's house that um, that I had uh, you know some things in my bag I was looking for a bigger work bag at the time and I said you know I've got my iPads in there and I've got my computer sometimes and you know journal and my, my father-in-law goes a journal and I realized like oh crud like you know if, if you're not used to doing that that is going to seem like oh a journal like writing down your thoughts and feelings but I try to journal a little bit every single day the, the successful people in my life that I've learned from more and more times than not uh you know really guys guys man's men's men out there uh, that i would want to be like more and more times i find out that they have a daily journal that they write in so who am i to not do that right but journals going to hardwire things in your brain you're going to be able to document breakthroughs and growth success gratitudes Um, you know for me i take my journal on flights it's usually here in this office waiting for me each day but i take it on flights so i can be more focused and just really look back and see the things that i wrote back then see progress i've made remember things i've learned or that i need to share with others and uh, nowadays, I'm writing down my three wins or gratitudes from the day before. I actually found a really cool app that you can do this on. It's called Win Streak. Win Streak, just like it sa- sounds. Um, but you go to the App Store, get Win Streak. It allows you to put down your top three wins from the day before and whatever your uh, expected wins are today. And you can just track that day after day. And you can put check marks beside them as you knock them off. But it's a really cool way to write down your wins of the day and, and, you know, really neat. So uh, after you've journaled for a while, uh, Hal Elrod encourages us. He says, take out a sheet of paper from time to time and put on one side lessons learned, draw a line down the sheet of paper, and on the other side put new commitments. You're going to go back in that journal. You're going to see lessons you've learned, things that you were – Um, You know things that you were concerned about at that time or things that you were writing down for personal development that you've either broken through those things or you're making a path to break through those things or even things that you're doing well that you've now backslid on a little bit, it's going to help you to figure out lessons learned. And on the other side, write new commitments. What am I going to do? What action steps am I going to take to try to uh, get those new commitments uh, locked in? So journaling not only helps you expand the ideas that you have and really get them on paper where you can see them, but it also helps you remember a lot of things that you may have forgotten in the past. And he goes into this concept of gap focus, which I thought was really interesting. And um, uh, this gap focus is we we tend to focus on the gap of where we are and where we want to be, but constant gap focus, as most of us do, can be detrimental, not by feeling like you've measured up to where you want to be and always looking at where you are, now, like, hey, I just haven't measured up yet to fill up this gap, but it can be healthy, he says, if it comes from a positive focus on your gaps and not negatively focusing on your gaps. So for high achievers out there, he said, they fall into this trap a lot of times of always wanting to achieve more, but constantly only focusing on where they are every time they look at this gap focus. Here's where I am now, up here's where I want to be. If you're not careful, that's going to cause your brain to just focus on where you are at any given time and maybe not measuring up to where you need to be. But he said it's amazing if you go into it with a healthy mindset and you, and you figure out, okay, how can I figure out how to be fulfilled where I am right now, knowing that I'm doing everything that I can right now and be fulfilled in that, but also focused on getting better in the future, which is hard for somebody like me. You know, it's really hard to be okay where I am right now if I haven't gotten to the level yet that I want to be. But I'm learning more and more this year how to just let go of the outcome, how to be fulfilled more in the process. Am I just doing the process each day that I know it's going to take to get me successful? If I don't, I'm not beating myself up over it. I'm going, huh, that's interesting. Why did I not do this? Let's take out a sheet of paper. Let's write down what I did or didn't do. Let's learn from it, and then let's move forward uh, and and be okay where we are right now because we know we're learning from the process but also focused on where we're growing to in the future. So he says the gap focus a lot of times in your journaling time, you can write down where am I now? Where am I trying to go? What lessons have I learned? Pretty helpful part of the book, I thought. So what journal examples are there out there? And I'm spending a little bit more time on this journaling because I feel like a lot of you were probably like me, that if you haven't really done a lot of research on this, you're probably going to think that it might just be kind of a waste of time. I would really encourage you to have an open mind and take this to heart. So I'm spending a little bit more time on the journal, but journal examples here digital or physical. Really, it comes down to your personal preference. Some people like um, the the physical so they can write it down. They feel like it helps them uh, retain it more. I think for me, I don't know which one I figured out. I think there's a lot of benefit to writing it down. I, I do think it takes a lot longer, though, and it's harder to store digitally if there's no backups or anything like that. So what if you lose that journal while traveling or something like that? I mean, you could have a ton of valuable information and insight in there that is now gone, right? But he says the most important thing is don't worry about digital or physical. Just get a journal, and you're going to have this thing for the rest of your life, likely if you're if you're really doing it the way you should. So get a nice one. Some some journals out there cost you know 100 bucks or whatever, leather bound, all this stuff, and that may seem silly. I mean, you could just get a three three ring binder and keep some notebook paper in there. But he said uh, you know two things. Number one is if you buy a really nice one and you spend some money on it, you're going to be more accountable to yourself to actually do it because you don't want to waste that money. But number two, you're going to be really proud as you go back over the years and look through it or over the months and realize that you've got something pretty special there that's nice. It's not just a binder that you might lay down somewhere and misplace or doesn't have a lot of focus on it. And, um, and so he goes through that uh, in, in detail in the book. And he says, uh, get one with dates on it. That's going to help you to be accountable to write down and record data each day, even if it's just a few words. If it's a few words. And if you forget, that's fine. Don't beat yourself up. But you'll look in there from day to day and realize, hey, I haven't journaled in the last two or three days man, I really, need to, I really need to get on it. And so use that to empower you, not as a stressful focus to have you um, you know, have to be tied to it. There's a, a winner's journal, winnersjournal.com. He said it was one of the best journals he's ever used, so I'm going to go check that out. There's a day one iPhone app that's kind of a digital uh, iPhone journal. I'm going to go check that one out as well. I think he said there's an online journal at, I believe what he said was penzoo.com. I rewound the recording a couple of times, but I think it's penzoo.com online journal and then he's even created a miracle morning journal uh for the iphone that was based on inspiration he got from the WinnersJournal.com. so go check out any of those and what does he say he journals about it's a lot of different things but he said you can have a journal for lots of different things and he encourages you to do that so he's got one on gratitude where he just writes writes down his wins of the day he's got one for his upcoming goals that he's trying to accomplish he's got one for his workouts he's got another one for lessons learned And then he says, really, you can get one for anything else that you want to grow through, but it's important to separate those so that you can go back and see what areas you can focus on in each one of those. And he just says, hey, when I journal each morning, I write down my gratitudes. I write down my areas of improvement and needs. I write down my accomplishments. And I write down which actions I'm committed to taking to improve toward the actions of where I want to be. Uh, One of the last points in here for busy people, he says you can, um, I'm sorry, I'm getting to that. Next, there's a six-minute miracle morning, and then there's a 60-minute miracle morning. And really, really, you can make it whatever. You could have a 35-minute miracle morning. It's really whatever time you have. But he gives the example of a six-minute if you're pressed for time, and then he gives the example of the typical 60 minutes that he would recommend. So here's how he customizes the lifesavers for people who actually have an hour each day to sit down. And really, guys, that just depends on if you get up in time or not, right? If you get up early enough, you can have an hour before things really have to start, even if you've got an early morning meeting but write this down. Uh, Hopefully this sticks with you. Number one is silence. So he says spend five minutes in silence doing the things that we've talked about already on this recording. So silence, five minutes. Affirmations, five minutes. Visualization, five minutes. Exercise, 20 minutes. Reading, 20 minutes. And scribing, journaling, five minutes. And he says, hey, you may not want to do those in that order. You may want to exercise last if you think you're going to get sweaty or whatever. That way you can just go straight to the shower. But if you're pressed for time, so not every day you're going to have an hour possibly, but there's a six-minute. He says, look, you can do this in as little as six minutes, and he wouldn't recommend that every single day, neither, neither would I. But just think about taking one of those uh, about a minute or so each, so silence. You sit in one minute after, wait, after you wake up. You sit in one minute in silence. You breathe deeply, slowly. You may pray or think through Just positive thoughts for the day and how you want to be energized. Affirmations, just speaking to yourself in positive ways. That's one minute. And, uh, you know, close your eyes and visualize yourself enjoying the day, enjoying your work. Then you're going to take one minute to write down your gratitudes. If you're writing quickly, that can, you know, you really can get all this done in a minute. Grab a book and read for one or two minutes. Or like I do, throw it on Audible at, you know, two times the speed. I actually noticed this morning that Audible will give you up to three times the speed and uh, for the author I was listening to on Miracle Morning, it was actually, I could hear everything. So I throw it on three times speed, and it's interesting how your, your brain can uh, can listen to that. So, And then stand up and stretch for 60 to 120 seconds, or you know one or two minutes, and just try to do something to increase your heart rate. Jumping jacks, uh, high knees, whatever you need to do. So that may sound silly, just doing those for a minute. But think about this. Think about what you're doing right now each morning. And even if that sounds silly, Think if you did those things that I just mentioned for six minutes every day as soon as you woke up, how much different would your life look, okay? Waking up early is going to help you not to rush through any of this, though, so hopefully you're not doing the six-minute each day. You're actually getting in the full hour. And he says you also need to change it up sometimes. If you've been doing the same uh, miracle morning routine for you know, an entire quarter or several weeks, you may get to the point where you kind of don't look forward to it as much anymore. It's kind of old hat. You've got to change things up. Just like in our business, we constantly have to change and grow and evolve. Same thing here. You've got to change things up so that you're always stretching yourself, you're growing, and you're learning. And uh, here's what he says on 30 Days of Habit, and then I'll wrap up. 30 days of habit. So he says days 1 through 10 are typically described as horrible for any habit that you're trying to set that takes a little bit of work. And what happens is people think that that's truly the way that the new habit feels and will feel all the time, and they end up punting on getting up early, let's say in this example, because they don't like how they feel. However, if you go into it knowing that the first 10 days are going to be really hard, if you also know that waking up early and challenging yourself to do that is going to make you feel more tired at first, Then you're going to know and your brain's going to tell you that, hey, this isn't how it's going to be all the time. I just need to get through these first 10 days, right? That's going to help you prepare and know that it only gets easier from here. Days 11 through 20, he says, are uncomfortable. So it's not horrible. It's not easy. It's still kind of uncomfortable, and that's still going to require discipline, but you just got to stay committed. Days 21 through 30, he says, you're now becoming unstoppable. You've now built in or you're building in, hardwiring in that habit and he said the only thing to look out for here is that a lot of people think that they're going to have the habit locked in by this point. It's a lot easier to get up. They're they're getting up maybe even before, waking up before the alarm even goes off just naturally. And so people are going to think that it's so that it's hardwired in and that they don't have to focus as much on sustaining it and it's easy. And you know, the first 20 days are the most crucial in locking in these habits, but these are the days that you actually lock it in. So you've got to stay focused. The the first time you get a little bit lax on it and you spend one or two days missing it, how easy is it to fall right back in that uh, attitude of not having that habit locked in or not doing it anymore? So those are the big ideas. The uh, recording, of course, is a little bit longer, but that's just because I went into some detail on this because I wanted you to take some notes. But take some time, sit down. If you listen to this once all the way through and you didn't take notes, again, there's just a lot of ideas there, a lot of bullet point features of each one of these ideas. And I would encourage you you know, make it your own. Make it as long or as short as you need to. Make it as uh, whatever order or strategy, whatever you do during your time. Make it your personalized, customized time. These are just some, helps, some uh, thoughts to maybe help you get started. But the point is, get to bed early. Get up early. Do this in a way that empowers you, not that you feel rushed. And then just lock it in as a habit. I hope you guys have wonderful mornings in 2016. Uh, What a better way to what there's no better way, I think, to start off your year than to say, hey, my mornings are going to be a time of empowerment and success for me. And I'm going to change my habits now, starting with what I do again, not in the a.m., but with what I do in the p.m. that will affect how my a.m. looks. Ninety eight percent of what you do in the a.m. is affected by your p.m. So we've got to stay on top of that. Look forward to hearing about your successful mornings.